2: Perry here to tell you a little bit about Pluto TV. It's the leading free streaming television service where you can watch over a 100 TV channels and thousands of movies on demand, all completely free. Pluto TV never asks for your credit card. You don't even need to sign up to watch for free. Pluto TV is the easiest and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies for free. So, what are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again by downloading Pluto TV. You can download Pluto TV for free on all of your favorite devices today, including your phone, your Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Smart TVs, PlayStation, and anywhere else you stream.
1: Stay little chico pit pool Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast from negative to positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way.
2: Friday, everyone. Today on Movie Talk, we are talking about the status of Aquaman 2. And on top of that, Melissa McCarthy is in early talks to join the live-action adaptation of The Little Mermaid in Pitch Perfect casting. She might be playing Ursula. I can't wait to get into that one. I am so excited about that news today. And I get to talk about it with two awesome people from the movie phone team we have gray drake and matt actually here on this wonderful friday Woo. how is life how is gray bell more importantly
3: <laughs> gray bell is amazing she's uh, <laughs> just
2: torturing souls everywhere i'm a little disappointed you didn't bring her today
3: that's actually a great point she's gonna be mad too <laughs> Gray's now afraid to go home. Yeah. <laughs> my
2: husband we're, definitely We were
0: is. talking about uh, Gray's uh, own version of Annabelle, uh, which did her interviews on the Ms. Movie Phone show yep. uh, this week. Smooth um,
3: sailing for me this week. Exactly. I let a doll do my job.
2: <laughs> a plug that you guys should take to heart. Go check that out. But right now we have some stories to talk about. Specifically, this first one here is... While James Wan was speaking with CinemaBlend, he wouldn't confirm whether or not he's directing the next Aquaman movie, but he did say something about his next project as a director. Here's what he told him. I think I kind of know what I want to direct next. It won't be Aquaman 2 just yet. I have something else I'm cooking up. I'm not ready to share just yet. So before we get into the details about what he could be directing when we might see Aquaman 2, first off, Do you guys think he's even going to wind up directing this movie at all? Or could he wind up passing the reins to somebody else? I think
3: he usually passes the reins. I mean, his series, like, they generally kind of go that way. I wouldn't be surprised. I'd just be super disappointed Mm -hmm. because I loved Aquaman so much. Somebody just pointed out on Twitter recently, like, have we talked about how hard he goes at the end of Aquaman? Like, that last 25 (sighs) minutes, you're like...
2: I'm always rooting for James Wan to direct anything so whenever 100%. if I ever heard he was stepping away for that from that I would be bummed mm-hmm. but Also, he is one of those people in the industry right now who is fostering so much stellar up-and-coming talent that if he decided to step away and said, I name you my successor, I would have a lot of faith in him.
0: You know, you got to start considering what's going on behind the scenes at Warner Brothers these days, right? There's a new CEO that's come in. There's a lot of negotiations going on with J.J. Abrams to come in and and oversee a lot of production. And you have to figure that the DC expanded universe is going to get— a big shakeup, right? It, it wasn't as successful as everybody had hoped for under Kevin Tsujihara, the outgoing CEO at Warner Brothers, uh, and so Aquaman is one of the bright points, one of the one of the real high points of that whole effort. Yeah. and so you got to figure, you know, on one hand, the powers that be, you would want to bring James Wan back and dangle as much money as you can mm-hmm. to make sure that he does it. Uh, but by the same token, you also have to wonder, you know, and this is what I think: how much is what he would want to do in line with whatever vision Abrams and the new CEO have for that franchise, right? And not just uh, Aquaman, but, you know, that's where it all plays in. It's, it's kind of the similar, you know, it's almost like thinking, okay, are you going to get a similar, you know, somebody to do a, a second film? Like, could you get Taika Waititi to, to come back and do another Thor movie? If Kevin Feige doesn't want him to come back, it kind of doesn't matter if Waititi really wants to. Right, so it's it, you all have to start, everybody
3: has a boss. Right, I
0: mean, so you have to start thinking. You know, this is the less fun version of that, but it's it's what are the internal politics going on at the studio that are going to make that happen? I, for one, would love to see him come back. I think yeah. he's a terrific director, but you know. I like kind of watching whatever Juan does. And I'm really intrigued mm-hmm. to see what,
3: what
2: he's oh, going to do. Oh, God, I, F- hope M- it's some- I,
3: I hope it's something scary.
0: I hope
2: it's something smaller no. and also scary. But also, I misspoke before. This movie does have a release date, December 16th, 2022. So gonna say, yeah. is it reasonable even for him to direct Aquaman to hit that planned release date? And it's not to say they can't push it if need be. But is it possible for him to do both things?
3: Not unless he goes super indie. And somehow manages to shoot something like, it, you know, like it's one of his early day films in yeah, like five weeks. You know,
0: again, like looking at the business side of it, you have to see like what's Momoa's
2: schedule like,
0: right? Because part of, you know.
2: It's another part of it. Right? Oh, when, you, when you think
0: about these group movies, I mean, this is why it's going to be hard, so hard to make an Avengers happen again, right? Because you have to get everybody clear at the same time. And you're talking about 10 or 20
3: different careers. So, Well, listen, the drumming octopus is free. Right. Okay, so. <laughs> good. He's <laughs> good. good whenever. But I think. You know, he
0: definitely could. There was the news last month that production is just about to start on Mortal Kombat, which he's producing. And mm-hmm. at one point had said he was thinking about directing. Mm. I, I suspect based on, you know, his last couple of movies were big, big, big productions, big. right? F- Fury, Fast and Furious 7, this... And you almost wonder, like, is he going to go back to basics and and like give us another kind of lo-fi horror movie? Please, would, right? Be and so and awesome. Kind of what a lot of other, like Soderbergh, does this, right? One yeah. for them, one for me, and that'd be great. I'd love to see Juan get you know team back up with LeWinnell, do something for them that kind of re that kickstarts, reinvigorates his creative juices. Yeah, and then shoot comes... it on
3: an iPhone too.
2: <laughs> exactly, like Soderbergh. does. Hey, I mean it. It worked it, for it worked for him pretty well. Unsane was so underseen, it made me very upset. (laughs) It was a
3: good... I thought thought it it was was a really good movie. I thought it was
2: great, and I thought Claire Foy was great in it. And when you think about it, if he goes that route and does another, you know, low-budget horror movie with Lee Whannell and it takes off, that would be four major franchises for James Wan. You have Saw, Insidious, The Conjuring, and to have another one, yeah, I mean, I, you're talking about really for, like, the rest of your life right. solidifying your value to this industry.
0: Well, that he started, right? I mean, you could also arguably put Aquaman in that category, right? Like, That's if, a, a very Because if he steps point. back, he could get creative credit you know, as a producer on the next couple of those.
2: Well, he was also just a, such a significant force in kind of reinvigorating the DC film franchise. So I kind of give him that credit for that too. God,
3: I loved <laughs> Aquaman so much. And just seeing stills from it recently reminded me I have to rewatch it. Would love to see him back for the second one. All right, I think I'm going to
2: flip it around for you really quickly though. No. Now that you said that, I have to ask because Camille H in the chat is asking if James Wan didn't direct Aquaman 2, who'd be a good director instead?
3: Well, let's see. James Cameron's busy. Just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> we. I, I wish that, like, the thing is, is that I always uh, refrain from answering these questions because I love things like Marvel's director announcements. Yes. Because almost every time they make me go, what? Like, the Russo brothers? Like, the mm-hmm. guys that made Community? An excellent show, but what? And then they always end up right. And I, I'm, so I'm like, uh, I don't know. Because the way that, you know, the other guys find talent is pretty wild. So uh, hopefully DC would do something crazy.
0: All right. I have a crazy idea based on the movie you and I saw last night and what you and I <gasps> oh, were talking about. no right? way. You're With, not going to so say here's, it. Stop here's it. what I'm going to say. So <laughs> people that have done smaller movies and you give them a big movie and knowing that there's an idea <laughs> about the trench movie that is supposed to be scary, give it to Ari Aster, <gasps> director of... <laughs> Hereditary My and mid-summer. the opening next week, Midsummer. That would so. be bonkers. It would show you the ocean. <laughs> the depths of the ocean are terrifying. That would be amazing.
2: Hereditary and Midsummer are so different in so many ways from a story perspective, a style perspective. I walked away from Midsummer saying, Ari Aster is a naturally gifted filmmaker. He could do just about anything. But I watched <laughs> those two movies and I'm like, that guy's mind only goes down dark paths. I mean, like really deeply sinister, disturbing. Paths. well
0: but again like go to the trench that right like there's so. all those rumors about oh is a trench movie going to happen that's the that's a Aquaman spinoff that that deals with whatever horror is down at the bottom of the ocean trench he could totally do that right I that would, get, would be
2: if that was the announcement I would get such a kick out of it and right? I would be so excited to cover it on the show no, totally. or put Aquaman
0: <laughs> up against some Lovecraftian horror that's come up from the depths of the ocean that would be amazing I would pass out
2: huh I mean, it's actually not that bad of an idea, too, when you consider the fact that with all the DC films, like even when you think about, you know, what they've done with Shazam and Aquaman, but what they're doing with Joker, maybe there is, you know, it sounds to me like that kind of idea would need to be a middle ground between the mega budget and something a little uh, lower for costs like Joker. Well,
0: I'll go back to YTT. Like, who would have thought he would have carried a Thor movie? Right, I mean, you think you look at the movies he he directed prior to that, and you think, okay, I'm not sure about him, and then it turns you, out to be the best one in that series. Well,
3: sure, because Hunt for the Wilder People is like phenomenal, mm-hmm. right? And but and what we do in the shadows is yeah. awesome, uh, all right? of them. But I, I, you're right. I never would have thought, like, right. oh, sure, a Thor
0: movie. Right, so I that- want to see somebody who's got a different take, right? Like, sure, there's great, you know, kind of journeyman filmmakers who can come in and do what the studio wants, but I think you get the best success when you give someone who, you know, just enough room to work their vision in, and I'd be fascinated to see somebody like Ari Aster do that.
3: Well, and I'm excited that this is a conversation that we could even have about a DC movie, I love that they've started to widen that pool of talent. Same here. It's fantastic. like, and, I, and that's why the movies are so satisfying.
2: These kinds of conversations are so exciting, too, because even though we don't necessarily have an answer right now that we can get hyped for, there is just so, there's so many possibilities on the table. Creatively, the mm. filmmakers you could bring in, and that is very exciting <laughs> for the future of the DC film franchise. Right now, though, you have some very exciting things coming your way in the Collider video future, this weekend, actually, like Collider Mailbag. Check out the promo. Hey,
0: everyone, John Rocha here, the host of Collider Mailbag. New episode drops every Saturday and Sunday in your face and in your ears, answering the questions from you fans about the world of entertainment, film, and television. Me and great guests from our sphere do the best to answer your questions from Twitter, from Instagram, and, of course, email as well, every Saturday and Sunday.
2: In addition to Collider mailbag, I urge you to check out a very special Spider-Man Far From Home video that we did. Steve Weintraub got to interview Zendaya, Tom Holland, and Jacob Batalon. Wait for it. With puppies. You need to see this video. It's so much fun to watch. Check it out on the main channel right after this edition of Movie Talk. Now, though, it's time for story number two. So, as reported by Variety today, Melissa McCarthy is in early talks to play Ursula in the live-action adaptation of The Little Mermaid. Disney and the production team behind it are reportedly looking to make contemporary and compelling casting choices while still paying homage to the beloved animated original, Rob Marshall is directing this one. So you guys hear this news today. Do you think that, one, this is a good choice for Melissa McCarthy's career and where it's at right now? And two, do you think it's a good choice for The Little Mermaid movie?
0: I think it's a safe choice on on both hands. I, look, I think Melissa McCarthy's a terrific actor. I'd love to see her doing more things like Can You Ever Forgive Me? Sure. Um, I think this one's a layup for her, right? This is... This is something that she'll do a great job. I don't think it really pushes her too hard. I think it it doesn't ask much from the role. Um, I think it's right in her wheelhouse. Uh, I th- you know again, I think it's a relatively safe casting call for the movie to make. You know, when I hear things like contemporary casting, I wonder what that might be code for, um, <laughs> right? <Exactly>. Like <laughs> I, I, you know, I, without getting without trying to get real political, you have to wonder like how does a story like the Little Mermaid where you've got your female lead character unable to speak. How's that gonna play in this
3: uh, maybe I'm overthinking it. Like, yeah. just saying. I I mean as long as we have to live with these remakes, which I, I know that we kinda we're getting three this year mm-hmm. and we're gonna continue to get a million. Every time Disney releases information about like a new original idea coming out i've one i've like
2: yes they're amazing it doesn't seem like there's that many of there them there are not
3: at all which is why it's it's like a unicorn all of a sudden when they announce it
2: like i don't i don't think off the top of my head right now i can think of a single one which is fairly upsetting uh, that's uh,
3: not that's that's the the only the, animated ones are sort of like the P doctor so, one. yeah i'll tell you who i
0: would love to see play ursula This is me. Here's my second crazy idea. Uh, (laughs) From uh, the guy from... Tim Gunn. No, not Tim Gunn. (laughs) But you're on the right track. uh uh, From Kimmy Schmidt, uh, Titus. Oh, Oh, God. Yes, yes, yes. Right? Like, that'd be amazing.
3: Wow. Because we know he can sing. Titus Burgess, yeah.
0: Titus Burgess. Titus Burgess is Ursula.
2: That would have been a cool decision that really kind That'd of, you know, flipped bonkers. expectations right. on their head. I mean, I, I oh, pretty wow. much echo what you just said. This, mm. this seems so obvious to me, but the fact right. that it seems obvious also makes it seem kind of perfect in a way. I mean, the pairing of her with that role. And the only thing that makes it stand out to me a little bit with her body of work is I feel like she hasn't done all that much that is, you know, four quadrant family friendly. Her humor always has a little bit of an edge to it where I feel like most of them aren't are rated
3: most of them are. Yeah, and she, but I mean, nobody puts on a wig and does a funny accent better than she does. And when she's actually in like a solid film, because I mean, say what you will about the comedies, I watch them every time they're on cable uh, to varying degrees of hilarity. But uh, when she's in a movie like Spy, she's so fantastic. And so, if the script was good, this would be amazing because she's a great, great, great choice. But that's what I thought before you said Titus Burgess. Yeah, I mean, like, it, that's that, incredible. Right, you think, with especially
0: the fun that that music is, that is such a camp character that you kind of want someone who's going to really knock it out of the park. And not that she can't, <laughs> but you
3: kind of want to, like, I'd love to see Titus Burgess. In it. No, and now, now I'm actually, <laughs> right? like, kind of disappointed I she's
2: playing I was going to say, now I can't unsee that. Continuing with the, uh, the fan casting here, if you had to cast Ariel right now, who would it be? Oh, my God. Gray
3: Drake. <laughs> or Gray Bell. She also works.
2: I I would watch that. <laughs> I feel like it makes so much sense because I've, I've reminded you of this. The first time I ever met you, you were Tinker Bell. So I feel like I, this role is just a step away.
3: I love a good Disney princess, <laughs> and I also am really good at just doing this. Right? And then, like, hanging out with hot guys. That's, like, my thing, basically.
2: (laughs) You are meant for the role. (laughs)
0: Although, I have every confidence that if Ursula came to Grey and said, okay, so the deal is you're going to lose your voice, she'd be like, no, sorry.
2: I'd be like, bitch, please. I'm out. (laughs) I'm right now on the Zendaya train. Like, I'll just cast her in everything. In everything. I, I mean, really, in everything, though. She is... So good in Far From... Like, she is next level in Far From Home, where that role easily could have been what we see all the time when it comes to, you know, the love interest in a superhero movie. But she adds such, like, individuality to MJ that I wasn't really expecting. So she charms me in everything she's in. She's so natural. She does a
0: good job balancing... Like, she seems put together, and she seems... Confident, and then she'll show you a vulnerability and an awkwardness, and it never feels forced. Mm -hmm. Like you can, it's like she lets you see behind the curtain a little bit, especially in Far From Home. And I think that would serve the aerial role really well.
2: I do wonder if they're going to go the Mina Masood route where they find someone that isn't as well known and cast that person in the role.
3: I always prefer that because I think with a vehicle like a Disney, you know, live action remake, that's a huge jumping off Mm -hmm. point for an actor. And I love any chance to. Get some new talent to talk about because I was thinking like, what about that Victor- Victoria Justice gal? That she like she's on a whole bunch of like kind of Disney shows, and she was in Matt's favorite movie Fun Size. And <laughs> I'm not convinced that don't she- get me started. On that. <laughs> The whole other rant. It's such a weird movie to hate as much as he does. Wait, what?
2: what remind me what that movie is. It, quickly? There's no reason you should remember Wasn't it what from, it is from like forever ago. Yes, yeah. and it's just about kids that like are like, hanging out with their babysitter like on Halloween. On Halloween,
3: yeah, yes. something was, like that. Like
0: the little kid goes wandering out by himself and gets in some strange dude's car, and it's all just fun and games.
3: <laughs> it's so stupid that Bad you hate messaging. them. <laughs> she, she's a compelling young actress. Or like, in like next week La- when we oh, rip apart on. Fun Size. Speaking of which, what about all those shows like Alana Condor?
2: Ooh, that'd
3: be pretty cool. I
2: I can definitely get behind that choice, right? She's so delightful. So the, these, I, I think,
3: there's some. There maybe we'll bring some talent over from like Netflix or TV that we haven't seen that often. I great. wouldn't
2: mind that. I do think one way or the other, though. The way I look at these big franchises, especially what Disney has right now with their domination in every <laughs> single sector, yeah. it it is on their shoulders to always use those those proven entities to introduce some new talent and new yes. crea- creativity. If it's always just, you know, the big names in all these movies, that's going to get under my skin. But if they do something like what they did with Aladdin and introduce the world to Amina Massoud, I applaud you. Keep at it as long as the quality stays at a certain level or above. <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> Pressure is on. All right, guys. It is time to hear from you now. We are jumping into the live chat. We have a question here from Langley M. Neely, who's asking... Gaga as Rocket's girlfriend. I'm down for that. So did you guys see this rumor that's floating around today? (laughs) Oh my God. That'd be awesome. Yeah. It comes from Hollywood Life. And again, branding this as a big rumor. We don't know if this is official or anything like that. It's not proven from their reps or the studio. So let's just have a little fun with this for now. (laughs) But they are saying that Lady Gaga could be in Guardians 3 playing another animated character who winds up. Having a romantic relationship with Rocket.
3: Wow.
0: That'd be awesome. (laughs) And from a production standpoint, that's an easy ask, right? Because you don't need her on set. You don't have to schedule Mm -hmm. the time. Like, hey, can you come by the VO booth? Right? We need a couple days in the VO booth. No, I mean, not like she's never in a recording studio, right? That's a real easy
3: ask for her. she's approximately five foot two. So you could get like any nicely sized child- to do the mocap for her character as well. So that's fine.
2: It also, it actually does make a lot of sense to have that for Rocket's story too. I feel like at this point in his growth, he is ready to have that kind of thing added to his life. And I feel like he might need it too. He was so,
3: it's, it's really bizarre when you look back at the decision to make Guardians and you're thinking like, really? Like there's a raccoon in this in a tree? And how deeply emotional that was, you're like, oh my God, a raccoon made me feel something other than Fury when it was digging through my actual garbage. And,
0: you know, back to my earlier point about the earlier story, you guys call me crazy when I say Ari Aster, but (laughs) if you'd have said, like, oh, James Gunn is going to do one of the most emotionally moving films Mm. in the MCU, knowing what we knew about him before going into that film, nobody would have believed it, right? Uh, But...
2: It's Gaga is Rocket
0: Girlfriend, that'd be awesome. I mean, know, would I, w- I
2: would be, and I wouldn't mind if this rumor uh, turned out to be true. Because and, also, and Michelle really...
0: Rodriguez is the female Groot. Whoa. I just made oh, that Because up. It, made it's that all up. about family.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a bad idea, too. Yeah, I mean, hey, well, let's
3: just say stuff <laughs> exactly. now. Exactly. Groot's uh, girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think it would be great uh, because, obviously, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga are in real are really in love. Obviously. 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 Yeah, According knows. to HollywoodLife.biz <laughs> or whatever it is.
2: All right, let's grab one more question from the chat before winding this down. This one comes from Jonathan Caro, and I had to pick this because I'm obsessed with this movie. Or, as in, or with uh, Disney uh, live action or adaptations, remakes, whatnot. Or, is there a sports inspiration, inspiration film that Disney could tell, like, for example, like a Cool Runnings film? So, I think he's asking, Ooh, could they do could a they... new version of Cool Runnings? I want to uh, see him wow. Gus. <laughs>
0: Remember Gus about the donkey that was kicking field goals?
2: I've never seen that, but now I need it. Oh, (laughs) yeah.
0: And if I remember correctly, I think Don Knotts is in it.
2: Holy mackerel.
0: Yeah, it's like back when Disney was doing these TV movies weekly. What is
3: knocking around in your brain today, Matt? You were in
0: rare form. I love it. I haven't been drinking yet. Uh, Yeah, you know, some of those old sports movies could be really fun to redo. Cool Runnings,
3: Yeah. Um,
0: there's certain elements so, that maybe we shouldn't yeah. really
2: do
3: today, uh, but... Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Uh, they, they already remade Flubber. That's not exactly a sports movie, though. It just has to do with... There's a basketball scene.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's all those, you know, crazy live-action movies that some of them, you know, I mean, The Rock was in Witch Mountain that they re-did. Witch Mountain? Ha. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, they redid Flubber. Like, you kind of want to see, like, could you do one for um, the Shaggy Dog and then the Shaggy that, DA. Yeah, that's right? the
3: thing, is that Disney needs to remake their lesser films and make them awesome. Right, so. like Pete's Dragon. Pete's Dragon's a great example. The, oh, the original totally. Pete's Dragon,
0: not so good. Eh, but the remake is so terrific. So
3: good! Yeah. And... uh like Sword in the Stone. It's sort of a, like an ex, it's King Arthur Excalibur, but I mean, they could make it interesting.
2: I did just watch The Kid Who Would Be King and that was way more delightful than I was expecting. Yeah, yeah that's a I solid mean, movie. Yeah. It's they need to start Speaking digging. Speaking of which, give one of these projects to Joe Cornish too. He should be doing oh, totally. more. Totally. Yeah, I'd
0: love for them to remake The Black Hole. The that's oh, right. That's the God. that's the late <sighs> 70s knockoff that Disney did of Star Wars. It's got this great John Barry score. John Barry, the guy who composed the James Bond music. It's yeah. probably the best thing. Robert Forster's Robert in it. Robert Forster's in it. Uh, Roddy McDowell does the voice of oh, the, the R2-D2 <laughs> knockoff Vincent. Uh, Maximilian Schell <laughs> is in it.
3: That's incredible. Right? Um, that's a great idea. Yeah,
0: that's a it, not a great... Oh, yeah, and uh, what was it? Um, Slim Pickens, right, <laughs> is the... Uh, voice of the other robot. Jeez, you're yeah, right. It's wow. a goofy movie. See, but... this is
2: the path that Disney should be going down. 100%. Not necessarily making a live-action version of Nightmare Before Christmas. Don't do that. If that's true, Ugh. just put it in the trash, please. I would watch Ooh. a live-action Gus remake versus <laughs> that. And I've never even seen that movie. It just sounds fascinating, and I'm probably going to watch it Watch now. it,
0: and then you'll be like, <laughs> I will. Why I'm, would you remember that? I'm
2: going to watch it and report back to oh, you God. one okay. way or the other. That is a wrap on a whole week's worth of movie talk. Thank you both so much for being here. Do tell our viewers where they could find you on the Internet. Gray. Uh, first.
3: Please watch the Ms. Movie Phone Show. Uh, you can find it on the Movie Phone Facebook and our Twitter all over the place. And help me keep my job because this guy is like a slave driver. I'm the worst. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Matchney. Uh, you can see uh, me order gray around at <laughs> movie phone. And then you can see me with Alonzo Duraldi, my sometimes schmodown companion uh, on Breakfast All Day, uh, which is our podcast.
2: Check it all out, guys. Another thank you to Cody in the booth for your help today. Woo. Dorian in the live chat and to all of you out there for watching the show and hopefully like and sharing this episode, telling everybody you know about Collider Movie Talk Hope you all have a great weekend. See you Monday, 3 p.m. PT Live for a new episode.
1: We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out.
0: (sighs) Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.
3: The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira. Here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online. So he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking
1: for. And done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switched to a better plan. And Michael.
2: I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face. And done.